Y'all ready to receive? Yes. Yes. Amen. We're going to, I didn't have a whole lot of time to prepare this weekend uh, other than, you know, reading throughout the week and whatnot, but looking for some inspiration from the Lord on what he wanted me to share, and uh, and he just took took me here to Titus. So um, how many of you know, we've been talking about God's love, hallelujah, and I hope that you've been being blessed, and you know, I've gone back and listened to some of that, and some of it's just like so quick that I hope that, uh, you know, we could just spend a long time, amen, on any of the truths of God, amen, uh, but God's love is the deepest uh, uh, truth that we as, as children of God need to know and need to understand, amen, and I think for that matter, I don't think I know for that matter, we need to be able to share God's love, amen, and we need to not only be able to share it in action through what we, you know, live and represent, um, but we need to be able to share it in truth in, in the form of uh, um, proclaiming the gospel. Can I get an amen? And uh, we proclaim the gospel here. Amen. You know, when Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 17 and 18, he says that Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel. Amen. Not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of no effect. Amen. He's really just using, I think I said this last week, uh, uh, the, the term cross is just a synonym for the word gospel. Amen. The gospel is the message of Jesus' life, death, burial, and resurrection. Amen. And anything that is shared needs to be shared through that lens or through that perspective. Amen. Uh, we can say God loves you. Amen. But when we, when we proclaim how and when and where that God demonstrated his love for individuals, it's more impactful. Amen. Any of you ever been turned off by religion? I took me 27 years to come to Jesus, amen, because I knew it was somewhat smart enough to see that what I saw being represented in even the Christian religion didn't have any, what's the word, structure to it, didn't have anything to really stand on, substance, thank you, it didn't have, it didn't have the substance, and, uh, and I wanted nothing to do with religion, amen. But then I heard the good news of Jesus, hallelujah. I heard the good news about what Jesus did. And I had to think for myself. How many of you know thinking for ourselves is a good thing? Amen. I had to think for myself and, and, and challenge myself as to, <clears throat> excuse me, is this true? Amen. I'm, being a follower of Jesus is not about joining a church. It's not about saying a prayer. Amen. It's about, is this true or is this false? Can I get an amen? Did, is Jesus who he said he was, God, did he really rise from the grave? Amen. And, and, and until we're persuaded of that truth, amen, and... confess that truth because we're persuaded of it, hallelujah, and until that happens, we're just going through the motions of religion, saints, amen. Jesus Christ and him crucified, the evidence of God's love, amen, the evidence of God's grace, hallelujah. 
Are you convinced? I know you are. But anyway, I want to share some things here out of Titus um, and, and maybe out of 1 Corinthians. Um, and this is just where, where the Lord led me to open this morning in just a short period of time that I had. And uh, we're going to read the first three verses. We're going to skip through the first chapter and just read some of the things. I'll keep it in context, but I want to read some things that, were, that stood out to me. So Titus chapter 1, verses 1 through 3, it says, Paul, a servant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ, according to the faith of God's elect and the acknowledging of the truth, which is after godliness, in hope of eternal life, which God, that cannot lie, promised before the world began. Hallelujah. But has in due times manifested his word through preaching, which is committed unto me according to the commandment of God our Savior. Father God, we just love you, Lord. Help us to uh, uh, hear what you're saying here today, Father, to see what you're saying, and uh, help us to have soft hearts to receive your word. Uh, have your way with my tongue, Lord, hallelujah, and say what, uh, what you want to say here, Father. We're going to give you the glory and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. There's a lot said in just these three verses right here. Amen. It says, Paul, a servant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ. Now, one of that first, that's, that stood out to me because I, when, I, when I read uh, any of Paul's epistles, I've never seen himself call himself a, a servant of God. He is, but he says, a, he says a bondservant of Christ or an apostle of Christ. And then sure enough, I, I looked it up, and this is the only spot, not that it's really relevant, but it is. This is the only spot that this term is used, that he's a servant of God. Amen. So when he says, Paul, a servant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ, we have to put those two together. And the word apostle is just very, in its most simple term, means not only a messenger, but a messenger that carries a, a message. What does a messenger do? Carries a message, a special message. So, Paul is, serves God by carrying the special, special message concerning Jesus Christ. Amen? Let me say that again. Paul's servitude of God is to carry the message and proclaim the message of Christ and Him crucified. Amen? You all are messengers of God. Amen? Make sure when you tell people about God, you're telling them about Christ and him crucified, amen, because Jesus, no one has seen God at any time except Jesus. Jesus is declaring who God really is, amen. Jesus, uh, who he is and what he did on the cross, is proclaiming, speaking literally who God is, that God is love, that God is grace, that God is goodness, that God is for us, amen. God's a healer, Hallelujah. God's a provider. How do you know? Christ and him crucified. That's how I know. Amen. Hallelujah. God wants you well. <laughs> Praise the Lord. How do you know? Because Jesus not only said, it's my will to heal, heal and came and, and said, I am God in the flesh. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Yeah, it's my will. Be healed. Amen. All the prophecies leading up to Christ's work on the cross by his stripes, amen. How many, Jesus isn't here physically to lay his hands on you right now, is he? Yes. Hey, is he in? I don't, I don't see him right here. I'm, do you get what I'm saying? Before the cross and, and really during Jesus' time of walking this earth, 
It was faith in him because he was the savior. He was the healer. He was the Messiah. Amen. The work wasn't finished, though. Hallelujah. Now, forever and for eternity, we have a savior and his finished work to trust, rely, and depend on and receive all of the benefits that God sent his son in the world to provide for us. Did I say that the right way? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we have to be an apostle. We have to be a messenger of Christ. And that means uh, uh, a messenger of the good news of the cross. Not just any old news about God. It has to be specifically. It can be whatever it is about God, but it has to come through the cross. It has to. That is the testimony of God. Hallelujah. And he goes on to say, so he's a servant of God, an apostle of Christ, according to the faith of God's elect. I don't want to get too out of bounds here, but that just means that what did God, God's elect is you and me, right? Our, the, the object of all of our faith is the same thing. God gave Christ in the cross for us to put our faith in, to get saved, to be healed, to be sanctified, amen, to walk in wholeness, hallelujah. So then he says, according to the faith of God's elect and according to the acknowledging of the truth, amen, I want you to not skip over these words when he says this, the, the acknowledging of the truth, amen, Paul had all of his Judaism, he had all of the things he, the, the, he had the accolades. He had the uh, uh, diplomas, if you will, from the Greek university. He was a Pharisee of Pharisees, right? He, had the, the, he was of the tribe of Benjamin. He had all the qualifications, but if it's not acknowledging the truth, it doesn't matter. Amen. So he's an apostle, a servant of God, an apostle of Christ, according to the acknowledging of the truth that is in Christ Jesus. Amen. Which is after godliness. It's godly to believe in Jesus. Amen. <laughs> Amen. I like this because he's still continuing in the sentence. According to the faith of God's elect and the acknowledging of the truth, which is after godliness, in hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie promised before the world began. Amen. I, I think that you probably know this, but that's a reference to the lamb slain since before the foundation of the world. God has always had a plan. Amen. God's plan was that to send his son to be the sacrifice for the sin of man. That was God's promise. I want you to see this because we're going to connect some things here together. God's promise was the sacrifice of himself essentially for the sin of mankind. That was his promise before the world began. Amen. But in, these due, but in due times now he's manifested this word or this promise. I want you to see this. Okay. We say the Bible is the word of God. Can I get an amen? The Bible is the word of God. Amen. Okay. And I think we need to broaden our perspective or narrow it though. One of the two. The Bible is the story. What's the narrative of the Bible? What is the main theme of the Bible? Salvation that comes through Christ, that comes through God, who he is and what he's done. Amen. So yes, the Bible is the word of God, but let's, let's focus a little deeper. The word of God is Christ and him crucified. That was the word that God promised before the world began. It's just been manifested now in due times. You got to see that because the word manifested actually is significant. To make known what has been hidden or unknown. 
But can I get an amen? And I'm not harping. Uh, let me just make sure this comes out the right way. We're in Titus, right? This is A.D. 67 or something like that. The Bible had been being written for thousands of years leading up to this point. What these scripture verses are saying is, yeah, the Bible was there, the scriptures were there, but the word was hidden. Now it's being manifested. That which has been hidden in the scriptures is now being manifested, is now being made visible. It's the word that God promised before the world began concerning his son. Amen. And in these due times has been manifested through preaching. Amen. But this isn't just any old preaching. This specific word means the preaching of the gospel, the proclamation of the gospel. So Paul, a servant of God, a messenger of Christ and the cross, according to this faith, according to the acknowledging of the truth, in hope of eternal life, which God, who cannot lie, promised this word before the world began, he's now manifesting his word through the preaching of the gospel, saints. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Which is committed unto me according to the commandment of God our Savior. Those are just some small things in there that stood out, and I just think, man, do you ever think just how marvelous God is? I mean, God is so good. God had a word. He promised... You know when you say, uh, hey, Jonas, I promise I'll be there for you this Thursday because you got some moving to do. And what did I do? I gave Jonas my word, right? And then I keep my promise by showing up to his house on Thursday and helping him with whatever I told him. I... That's the way we need to look at this. Yeah. Amen. God gave us his word. He is faithful. And now his word has been manifested through the literal life. Hey, the word became flesh, hallelujah, and dwelt among us. God is so good. And now the word of God is being manifested through the preaching of the cross. This is the hidden promise that's been in the scriptures, that's been in existence since the world began, before the world began. Amen. When we preach the gospel of Christ, we are preaching the living word of God. The cross of Christ is God saying, I love you. Amen. I can tell you God loves you. But the cross is God telling you he loves you. Amen? Hallelujah? I can tell you God's a good God. But the cross is God speaking for himself, saying, I'm a good God. Do you have something, brother? Yeah. Do you have the, wait, just, sorry, we want it on the mic. You got to put it on the mic, brother. Uh, it's hot. Is it I, on? No, I was, you know, based on what you just got through saying, I just backed up and said, God cannot. Lie. God can't lie. I mean, if you gotta think about that. God don't lie. Amen. So if he said something, he don't lie. Amen. Amen. You know, you might not come to my house because of circumstances. Amen. Because <laughs> I'm a flake. But no, no, no. Because of real circumstances. Amen. Amen. But God cannot lie. Amen. If he said it. Amen. I believe it. Amen. That's it. Amen. And not only that, it's not only God can't lie. He's already fulfilled this promise that he made. That's why it's not, yeah, God cannot lie. That's very, this promise is fulfilled already. This word has already been kept. When we read about God's faithfulness, he's faithful to this word that he promised. Christ and him crucified. I'm so glad that I'm not just a, 
a dust particle on this earth that has no purpose, no creator, no nothing, just, you know, I'm so glad to know that God cares about us. God loves us. I mean, we, this proves it, man. <laughs> God is so good. And we, man, and God has a great plan for our lives. Amen. God wants to expand the kingdom. He wants to grow the kingdom. Amen. And so when we share, and that's why I wanted to just kind of put it into this principle, if you will, we got to share the cross. We need to convince and persuade people of the cross. We need to persuade them of God's love, but we need to use the message of the cross to do that. It's not an intellectual thing. It's not a join this church or join our group or say this prayer thing. It's Jesus Christ, true or false. Amen. I got good news for you. I've told this testimony before, but I'm going to just tell it again. Uh, when we were living out here with the, doing the Bible college years back, we were in a, in a park right down the street from the house that we were living in at the time. And I was sitting next to a guy on the bench, and I think we only had Jeremiah and Marley probably. And so the kids were playing at the park, and I tell this guy, he asked, what do we do? And I said, we're ministers. And he kind of scoffed, and he talked about some book called... Uh, uh, the Passover plot, and he was basically making the case that, you know, the whole death that the Jesus was just a fraud, a phony, a fake, and this and that, and man, I wasn't scared, <laughs> amen, I told him what God's done for me, hallelujah, hey, you could, you could say whatever you want, and I don't know what this does for you, but let me tell you, since my faith has been in Christ and the cross, what, has, what God has done for me, you're too late to convince me there's not a God, Amen. So that was one. But two, I started just planting seeds about Jesus. I said, wait, you remember when they pierced his side? I said, they said, they, they said his side was pierced, you know, and that water and blood came out. He's, yeah, yeah. And I said, well, that means the red and the white blood cells had separated. And that was one of his things. Well, there doesn't need to, there, there wasn't a doctor to pronounce him dead. That's what he said. And I said, but yeah, but it is, it is accounted for that they pierced his side and water and blood came out. That means red and white blood cells had separated he was dead. There didn't need to be a doctor there. Oh, yeah, okay. I, you know, it was like this, like, yeah, that's a good point, you know. And so anyway, this wasn't an argument by any means. It was just planting seeds, and this is how I finished it before I spend too much time on this. I said, if Jesus really is who he said he was, and he really rose from the grave because we had already gotten out of the way that he was crucified, that's already a fact. Whether you believe that or not, he was crucified. He was crucified for blasphemy, that was already, all that was out of the way already. The question was, is, is he risen from the grave? Hallelujah. And I, the last seeds I planted, and this guy was a, we were, you know, had each other on the ropes at times. I was standing in the middle of the ring, actually. But <laughs> truth, because truth can't fail. Amen. And uh, this is where I left it. I said, if Jesus really is who he said he was, and he really rose from the grave. I said, you, you know that means that not only is there a God, but he's a good God? Yeah, I guess that would be true. You know, I never thought about it like that. I said, yeah, that, I said, that means if, if this is true, then that means there is a God and he loves you. Yeah, I never really, never really thought about it like that. Okay, I went on to say a few more things. If this is true, then that means God is good and grace and healing and mercy. And I finished probably with some testimony. I didn't notch the belt with the salvation victory or anything. All I'm saying is that is the way we need to share Christ with people. How many of you know if the Holy Spirit was planting seeds right there, 
God himself, the Holy Spirit, is going to come back and water those seeds as well. That was where the conversation needed to end. It didn't need to be hold them down and confess Jesus. That's not, that's not how people get saved. Say this prayer with me. If you don't believe that Jesus died and rose from the grave, you can say prayers all day long. I'm just saying we need to narrow, we need to get focused on the truth, saints. The truth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I hope you, I'm glad that you all know that Christ did what he did because that means you all know that, that God loves you. Amen. And he's manifested this word, this truth, through the preaching of the gospel. Now, in this setting, let me get back into the scriptures here. In this setting, he's writing to Titus to really set order in the church in these cities of Crete and the surrounding cities. And I'm going to skip down to verse uh, 9 because he's basically saying some things that qualify what a deacon or elder or teacher should be and that they'd be blameless and uh, being uh, the husband of one wife, having faithful children and uh, being a lover of hospitality and a lover of good men, sober, just, holy, temperate. In verse 9, he says this. This is one of the qualifications for being a preacher. Can I say it like that? This is... You ought, to, you ought to hold fast the faithful word as you've been taught. If you're going to be a preacher, amen, you should preach truth. Amen. amen. Now, I know that's easier said than done because we sit there and go, yeah, right, you should preach truth. But how many are not? I mean, how many, how many are preaching the commandments and doctrines of men? More than we know. I'll just say that. Amen. If you're hearing a message that's not centered in Jesus Christ and him crucified, then you're not hearing the truth. You're hearing a commitment. They'll use the Bible all day long to send the message to you. But if it's not centered in the cross, it's not centered in truth. It's not centered in sound doctrine. Whatever the focus of the message is, is what the focus of our faith is going to be. Amen. That's why, that's why it has to be centered in Christ and the cross. So one of the qualifications of these deacons or elders is that they hold fast the faithful word. We just saw what the faithful word was. Amen. The message of God's promise. Amen. Of eternal life since before the world began that was manifested and is manifested in the preaching of Christ. You've got to hold faithful to that. That you may be able by sound doctrine both to exhort and to convince the gainsayers. Amen. We got some convincing to do, is what I'm trying to say. If we preach the cross, you're not preaching your message. You're preaching God's message. So when I say we got some convincing to do, good news. You don't have any convincing to do. You have to hold faithful to the word of the gospel. Amen? Sometimes we're just trying to force feed salvation. All we need to do is share the gospel. The gospel is not Ryan's message. I don't have a corner on it. It's not your best, your favorite teacher's message. It's not Vince's message. I'm trying to wake him up, so that's why. I, no, no, I'm kidding, brother. <laughs> the, the message of the cross is God's message. Good news. It, amen. Good news. It's God's message. And God, the Holy Spirit, works in that truth to witness that message. Amen. In other words, God, the Holy Spirit, will work in that truth to convince the hearer that what they're hearing is true. 
hallelujah, move on their heart, call them by name, praise the Lord. Good news. All we have to do is share the cross, share the truth. That's the truth. When I say the truth, I mean the cross, the gospel. Amen. God will do the rest. God uh, 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 acted out the truth that we share. Uh, Jonas has a, something. God performed the truth. Listen up real quick, saints. God performed the truth. Became a man. Amen. Healed people. Lived a sinless, spotless life. Fulfilled all prophecy. Was faithful to his word that he promised and went to a cross and sacrificed himself. Amen. Death couldn't hold him down. So it says in scriptures that he him raised himself from the dead. Amen. Proved he acted out the truth. Now we just believe it and proclaim his truth. Hallelujah. Amen. And then he works within that truth to witness to the hearers. Hallelujah. Amen. And then he brings forth salvation. Hallelujah. Uh, that's, that's a good end. He brings forth salvation. First church I was in, um, the gospel uh, was being preached in that church uh, regularly. Was? Yeah, was. Amen. And regularly, anywhere from seven to ten people were getting saved in that church. Praise the Lord. Right? Because the gospel Amen. was being preached. The last uh, church that I spent a lot of time in, uh, it was rare for somebody to get saved because the gospel was not being preached. Yeah. It, it was a, a more of a religious you know, situation. Do this, do that, and you know, God, you've got to be happy with you. So what you just said there is, is important. I was looking at the gainsayers. Mm -hmm. I was wondering, is there some gainsayers uh, such as preachers in churches yeah. that, are, that are preaching for gain and yeah. not the gospel? Amen. Amen. Right. And, and, you know, not, you know, with excellency of words and, and all of that kind of thing. But that is the point. If we're not preaching the gospel as, as wherever God have, have us, wherever he has us in the church, hey, you know, people don't get delivered. People don't get saved. Healed. Amen. People Doubt. don't get encouraged. People, you know, get yes. frustrated. Yeah. So that that is very important, you know, and it's unfortunate um, between that first church and, and, and this one is a whole bunch of churches. Mm -hmm. Now, I started out there where the gospel was being preached. Here I am where the gospel is being preached. Amen. That's, that's Amen. the way. Amen. Hallelujah. And I think, you know what, just to add to that real quick, uh, we're all saved and born again in here, and but the great the great thing that I that set me free was understanding the gospel relative to now that I'm saved, understanding the gospel relative to my everyday life. Because as believers, we still need to hear the gospel. We just haven't been taught it, so we thought, oh, well, let's just move past that. There's nothing to move past because the gospel is the power of God in my life as a believer. My salvation experience just got me into the family so I can just begin to experience the power of God. Amen. He's got a lot more to show me. Amen. Ernie.
Let's start a church, folks. There's a lot of money in it. All that we got to do is just have a lot of parties, have a lot of social stuff, and invite all the people in, and they'll have fun, and we'll go ahead and tell them, you know, a good Christian always tithes and, and gives offerings and stuff like that, and we're going to be rolling in dough. <laughs> Many churches are like that today, folks, and Lisa and I have visited some of those, and <clears throat> we had a hard time getting the stink off of us when we left the church. Okay. Had a little discussion between breaks in here. We prayed for somebody. I reminded that person, I don't heal anybody. The word of God says, lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. I do that. Now it's in God's hands and you look for his manifestation of your healing. That's the way it's supposed to work. I am not anybody special and you can all do the same thing at any time. Just be brave enough to listen. Holy Spirit will tell you what to say. Amen. Uh, in this, uh, this word, gainsayers here, uh, it has the idea of opposing one's self to or one's self against. And in its context here, it's saying that the individual that is a part of the church and a part of the uh, uh, order of the church has to be faithful in the word that he may be able by sound doctrine to exhort and convince those ones that are opposed to the truth. So why is he saying this? Because in Crete, there were many different beliefs and things uh, uh, around this city. And uh, there were, as we're going to find out, Judaism had a major influence in and amongst these people. And so the gainsayers in this regard are referred to as the ones they're opposed to. Amen. Anything that comes against the gospel is going to cause a Christian to be distressed in his soul or spirit or perplexed, as it says in, in Galatians. Amen. Let's get back past the distraction real quick. And I'm almost done here. Okay, guys. He says, for there are many, verse 10, for there are many unruly and vain talkers and deceivers, especially they of the circumcision. So now there's a reference to the Judaizers. Look at those words he uses. They're unruly, they're vain talkers, and they're deceivers. Amen. Religion always has a seductive, you know, sound to it. Amen. People don't just willingly want to go into religion. What is religion going to do for you? You know, what is, as you just alluded to, giving your money going to do for you or following this man's doctrine? You know, when man-made man doctrines, you know what that's all about? That's all about following that man. You know, Paul never wanted to be, these are my words, okay? Paul didn't want uh, someone to say, wow, what a great preacher. Paul wanted the audience to say, wow, what a great savior. Yeah. Hallelujah. It's not about all of this, Okay. So he, he gets into uh, vain talkers, deceivers, especially they of the circumcisions whose mouths must be stopped, who subvert whole houses, teaching things which they ought not for filthy lucre's sake. Now, money wasn't my point. Ernie just brought it up, and it is certainly a reference here, which means it must have been going on in this particular church setting, right? But that's, that's not really my point here as far as what are we talking about today. There's a lot that comes against the truth, saints. There's a lot of what we call good stuff out there that if we really hear it and listen to it and, and analyze it and break it, it's not the gospel, saints. And I'm not, you just, you're going to figure that. The more you hear the truth, the more you'll know the lie. 
Okay? So I'm not here to, to say anything about anything, but just if we really get grounded in Christ and the cross, we really get grounded in the gospel, really get grounded in the truth, amen, Paul refers, okay, let me finish that sentence. I always do that. <laughs> if we get grounded in the truth, we will be able to see the lie and to determine what the lie is. I think it's in Ephesians that Paul talks about not being tossed to and fro, to and fro with every wind of doctrine, amen. That's if we are standing on the truth, we won't be convinced by every wind and wave and every new persuasion that comes through the church and every new fad that comes through the church. Amen. It's got to be Christ in the cross. Uh, the reason I started saying what I said here today is everything's got to be funneled through the gospel of Jesus. Whatever truth that we're sharing about God has to be built on the foundational truth that is Christ and him crucified. Amen. Uh, I'm going to finish right here and I'm going to just make it quick. He's still talking about these individuals who, whose mouths must be stopped because they're going to persuade some of these people that he's asking Titus to put in order here in the church. He doesn't want those, those church leaders to be persuaded by the Cretans and by the Judaizers because he doesn't want the gospel to be perverted. Amen? Are you all following? And then he even says, one of themselves, even, even a prophet of their own, says the Cretans are always liars, evil beasts, and slow bellies. Then he says, this witness is true. Wherefore, rebuke them sharply that they may be sound in the faith. So see what he's saying? He's saying, these ones that you're appointing in the church, if they're being persuaded by these Judaizers and they're being deceived uh, by these Cretans, you're going to have to rebuke them sharply so that they be sound in the faith, the true message of the cross. Amen. If they're going to be leaders, I can't, if I preach one thing and Jonas preaches another and my dad preaches another, what, what fabric do we have in this church? <laughs> Amen. It has to all be centered and focused on the gospel. That's the only way there can be unity, saints. Amen. And you have to rebuke them uh, that they may be sound in the faith and that they not give heed to Jewish fables and commandments of men. These are the things that the church is persuaded by. Amen. I feel like I've said too much, but I'm going to end it right here that they not give heed to Jewish fables and commandments of men that turn from the truth of the cross. I'm going to just end in verse 16. They profess that they know God, but in works they deny him. Amen. Being abominable and disobedient and unto every good work reprobate. You know what this word reprobate means? Unfit for use. Amen. So again, in this context, Paul is is exhorting Titus to uh, uh, create order in the church, but he says they have to be of the truth. They have to be taught in the message of the cross so that they can be faithful to that word. You need to watch that they're not persuaded by the Cretans and they're not persuaded by the Judaizers and they're not persuaded by these Jewish feebles and commandments of men. Amen. Those guys, those Judaizers and Cretans, they profess that they know God but in their very works and doctrine, they actually deny the God they say that they know. Amen. And they, in doing so, become abominable and disobedient and unto every good work unfit. They're not fit for a good work. Religion is not God's call. Amen. God has paid a great price, died a great death, 
manifested his, this very word through preaching. He's been faithful to his promise, and he would much rather that we preach the message of his son than we preach our own doctrines, amen, our own commandments, our own religious act, activities and duties, amen. I want to bring this back to love, okay? Religion does not reveal God's love, amen. Only the truth can reveal God's love. Only the truth can reveal God's mercy and grace and goodness and forgiveness and healing and health and wholeness and salvation. Amen. And in, and in love, we need to represent God by sharing the message of love. Hallelujah. The message of what Jesus has done for us. Amen. So, praise the Lord. We're going to uh, take communion now real quick. Father, we just love you, Lord. We thank you uh, that someone got something good here today, Father. Amen. And, uh, Father, we thank you that uh, whatever seed's been planted here in a heart uh, today, Father, we thank you that you're going to water it in the moments, uh, hours, and days to come, Father. We thank you that that seed's going to bring forth fruit. We thank you that we've grown just a little bit more here today, Father. Hallelujah. We give you all praise and honor and glory. We thank you that you've been faithful to your promise that you promised before the world began. Hallelujah. And we thank you that we've had ears to hear and eyes to see, Father. We praise you in Jesus' name, Lord. Amen. 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 All right. Hallelujah.